Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, grow you as a disciple, and help you serve His purpose. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Let me pray. Um, Thank you, Father, for this incredible privilege. Thank you for your presence. I thank you that's the true gift, is to be able to walk into your presence because of Jesus. Because Jesus made a way where there was no way for us to be reconciled back to you because of our own sin and our own mistakes and our own will. But Lord, you made a way. Because of Jesus, he went to the cross for us, Lord. We can come boldly, boldly before the throne of grace and ask you for everything we need, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray for every person here this morning that they would walk out even more grateful than when they came in. And, Lord, that they would walk out even more bold than when they came in. And that they would walk out convinced that you know them, that you love them, and that nothing's impossible with God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, why don't you praise Him and thank Him this morning. We thank you, God. So good to be here. Um, I'm so grateful for the church. I'm grateful for the church. The church is the gate to salvation. There's many, you know, you can you can find God on your own for sure. But the church is a powerful gate into heaven. And if you felt that presence of God, did you feel the presence of God in that worship? How good is that worship leader? Where is she? Oh my goodness. Come on, my soul. Don't you get tired of me. I love it. You are so gifted. So annoyed. Come on. Isn't that incredible what they did? Amazing. And Emily, so beautiful. So anointed. I'm so uh, grateful for worship, you know, and uh, grateful to be here. What are you grateful for? Are you grateful for your family? Are you grateful for your friends? I'm grateful, to, I'm grateful for... Jesus, of course. I'm grateful for the people around me. I'm grateful for community. And uh, church is a place you can come and find community. It's incredible that if you're having a down day, you come into church and someone will spur you on and, and, and deposit faith in you and say, come on, you can do it. And, you know, there's not many places on earth like the church. Jesus said, I will build my church And the gates of hell will not prevail. The church is the gates of salvation where people can come. And and, and hopefully we, you know, we are a church on fire for Jesus Christ. And we're a church that is ready for these last days revival. And I believe that Australia is the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. And that God has prophesied and promised Australia that He is going to pour out His Spirit in this place. And there's going to be supernatural miracles and healings and people coming to Christ like never before. That God spent His Son on the cross, not just for a few to get into heaven, but for every person to have an opportunity to come into eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. And it's about to start in Australia. The last days are coming and I'm telling you, the supernatural events that are about to happen in Australia will take our breath away. Do you believe that? We are positioned for a revival. We are positioned for such a time as this. And I'm so grateful that one girl saw all my pain many, many years ago and started to pray for me. I'm grateful for that one person 
who, who looked at my life and said, oh my gosh, that woman is broken. I'm going to pray for her. And you know what? You can be somebody's somebody. You can be somebody who looks at somebody who's struggling and says, do you know what? I have got the answer. I have got Jesus. I can show you how to get Jesus so that he can give you the answers to your problems as well. And who believes that as as we get convinced that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through him as we're convinced about that as the church, we're going to see a great mighty load of people come and find God and get answers to their problems. Amen. You can shout, you can sing, you can stand on your seat and dance. I won't stop you. Oh, it's so good to be here. I want to start with a powerful scripture that is the truth. And who knows that the truth can set you free. Here's, I want to start in Romans chapter 4 verse 25 and it goes on into Romans 5 uh, verse 1 to 6. It's one big fat scripture there. Um, It's the gospel, it's the good news in one scripture, here it comes. He, meaning Jesus, was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Oh, praise God. Chapter 5 goes on. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character. And character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. Anybody ungodly? Or am I preaching to myself? I was so ungodly when I met Jesus. I was so powerless to do anything. I was caught in addiction. I was living a crazy life. But Jesus saw me, loved me, came into my life, saved me, healed me and delivered me. And he can do the same for any person He's no respecter of persons. He he died on the cross for every single person. And that's why I believe that we are stepping into a great revival. We are stepping into a time where people are going to come back out of their homes that once came to church, that once felt a call of God on their life. I saw this morning as I was praying for this church that many people that have come and attended this church over the years, they're going to come back through those doors. They're going to come back. They're going to find a seat and they're going to find community again. And they're going to be restored back to the call of God where they once found when they first met Jesus they're being restored back to their first love I believe it with all of my heart that people are going to find their purpose their purpose and you see when I was young I thought I'd found my purpose 
And um, I grew up in this household that was very abusive and addictive behaviours. Both parents were alcoholics. They, that My mum actually used to beat my dad up. And my dad didn't want to come home. And my mum had a cerebral hemorrhage when I was just five years old. And she was a broken, broken woman. Paralysed down her left side. She had to be on serious uh, pills and she used to down those pills with alcohol and she was just off her face basically for my whole childhood. I don't even know if she remembered I was there. Me and my sister, I was five, my sister was six when she had this um, hemorrhage and um, we at a young age realised that we would have to parent each other. And not like I know people have way worse stories than me, but I'm just going to share my story to show that the power of grace on my life and the power of God and that nothing's impossible, right? And I know, and I'm, I, you know, I'm not saying I want you to feel sorry for me because that's the last thing I want, right? I just want you to see the power of God's grace on me. And, you know, this little girl who didn't really have parents and she sort of had to escape all this violence and this arguing and this abuse every single day. And she found that peace in the swimming pool. We had a pool in our back garden and I would spend hours in that swimming pool, swimming underwater, holding my breath, doing tricks underwater. And I taught myself how to spin off the side of the pool. And my dad came out one day and saw me spinning off the side of the pool and signed me up for diving lessons and uh, got me the top coach in Australia, Olympic coach. And I started diving at um, age eight. Can you imagine how short I was at eight? (laughs) This is me, a full-grown woman. I was like eight. And I started diving, fell in love. Oh, my goodness. Because, like, all I had was the side of the pool. Now I had a springboard. Now I had a platform. Now I had leverage. And I could do, like, more tricks. And anyway, I started training with this Olympic coach seven days a week. Twice a day on weekends, I was committed. I had a dream in my heart to get to the Olympics and win a medal for Australia. That's all I wanted. I was obsessed. And little did I know I was learning about faith back then because with diving, you've got to see the dive in your mind's eye before you take off because you're blind when you dive. Like you can't see anything. You're just doing it by feel. And so you see it and then your body does it and you train and train and train. You train on the trampoline, you train um, getting really flexible. And so lots of training went on and just at the age of 11, I got to represent Australia in the World Diving Championships in Texas, Houston and it was such a great privilege. And I got to carry the flag because I was the shortest. (laughs) Woohoo! And um, it was, I actually set a record back then, I probably, it's probably been broken by now, but I was the youngest person ever in Australia to go to a world event. Um, And I came seventh in the world and I did well. But my dream, and I was diving up against 14 year olds. So I was the little little person, you know, but I just had a dream. And 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 I had faith. Well, what I thought was faith. I just believed in in that I was going to go to the Olympics. And then on my 14th birthday, um, I had a terrible accident off the 10-metre platform. And the reason I had the accident was that I allowed disappointment to wound my heart. And the reason I was disappointed was that my dad, he was like my second coach, he just he didn't turn up for this very important competition. It was a national competition in Tasmania. And um, he didn't come. And I was like, 
the reason that I thought he didn't come was because I felt like my family had broken down back home and I was going to have to give up my sport and I just read all this stuff into it. The fact that he didn't turn up, I was going to have to give up my sport, all this stuff, perceived disappointment. I felt this like arrow go into my heart, like wound me and I climbed up that ladder to the 10 metre platform that day to do a backward dive. wasn't even a hard dive. But as I took off, I couldn't see the dive because the disappointment blinded me. And I took off anyway, I had to. And instead of bringing the dive straight through the water like a pencil on entry, I overextended my spine and went right over on the dive and ripped all my neck, hips and spine out of joint. It was just a massive impact, like unconscious in the water. It's like hitting cement from 10 metres. And unconscious, judges dive in, get me out. And when I open my eyes, deep in my heart, I knew I'd injured myself so badly that there was probably going to be no way back. My dream died that day and sunk to the bottom of the pool. And I tried to rehabilitate. I tried to get... I tried to get back on the boards. I tried everything I could in my own strength to dive again, but I was in chronic pain. My whole spine was twisted. My right leg was uh, shorter than my left leg now because my, this hip was twisted. My neck was in so much pain. I couldn't lie flat on my back. Uh, I couldn't sleep properly. I had insomnia. And I could walk around fine, but I couldn't sit or be static or I'd get cramp up everywhere. And I lived like this for the next 15 years. I had to give up my sport and it broke my heart in pieces. And I remember the day when I went to my coach and told him and said, I'm going to have to go. And just the look of disappointment and on all of us, it was just like, yep, but God. And... I went into this new school. I got really angry as a teenager. I couldn't figure out what I was going to do with my life if I couldn't dive because all my eggs were in one basket. And I thought I was destined to be a diver. So now what? And so I was so lost and hurt and broken. I got, I got attracted to all the other lost, hurt and broken teenagers in this new school and they introduced me into a world of drugs and alcohol and partying that I was never accustomed to because all I knew was sport and all I knew was training and discipline. And so I just kind of went crazy and, you know, um, was slowly killing myself over those 15 years. And, and I praise God and I'm so grateful for one girl who saw my pain, saw my broken little heart and started to pray for me. She was a Christian and I didn't know she was a Christian, but she started praying prayers for me like, oh, I thank you, God, that Nicola is going to become a Christian one day and um, she's going she's gonna to know healing. And he said, well, you should pray bigger prayers than that to her. And she's like, I God, God like rebuked me and said, I should pray bigger prayers for you. She told me later and she started saying, well, I'm just going to believe that Nicola's going to be a mighty woman of God and she's going to preach the gospel all over Australia. And she started praying big prayers like that for me. And I was like, oh, thank you for that. Like, I believe her prayers have worked. Amen. <laughs> right. And right. I know. Right. And like, let me let that be a dare to you. 
Let, let, let that be a dare to you. Pray bigger prayers. Pray bigger prayers, you know, because God is unlimited. And um, that day, uh, I, went, I went, sorry, I went to find this girl. She said to me, this girl who's praying for me, she said, I've got a ticket to the best party in the universe. Like the best, because she knew I was a party girl. She goes, you, you don't want to miss out on that. I said, I don't. I do not. Any opportunity to put a frock on. Like, I don't want to miss out. Like, what do you mean? How do I get this ticket? And she didn't tell me. And then she, she got on a plane. She was a worship leader. She got on a plane, went to New York and to pursue her singing career. And she left me with this. She said, I want you to wake up every day and say three times in a row, I believe, I believe, I believe. So I was like, all right. She's like, no, I'm serious. I want you to do it every day. I said, okay. So I did it every day for one year. I'd wake up every day and go, I believe, I believe, I believe. I had no idea what I believed in, but I would just say it. And then this thing started to happen in my heart. I was like, I've got to find her. I want to know. How do I get that ticket? And she was in New York, so I bought a one-way ticket to find out how to get the ticket. I got a one-way ticket to New York. I said, do you want return? I said, no, I think I'm going to go over there. I think my life's going to change. I just, I thought something big's going to happen. So I went over. She picked me up from the airport, took me straight to a church service in a basketball court. The first time I'd heard the name of Jesus praised. I mean, I'd heard his name in other contexts. But I'd never heard the name of Jesus praised. And when I heard the name of Jesus, praise to all you worship leaders singing the name of Jesus, it did something in my heart. My heart started to unravel like a ball of wool that out of control and it went down the aisle and I couldn't get it back. I was like, whoa, my heart's out of my body. And I started crying and realizing there was something supernatural happening to me. And I couldn't figure it out with my mind, but in my heart, I believe something was happening. And then I heard the gospel for the first time in my, in, in my life, which was such good news to me because the gospel, the good news of Jesus is that you can't do anything to earn salvation. You can't do a thing. He didn't die for the godly, for the, for the, for the saints. He died for the ungodly. He died for everybody who was powerless. And that was me. I was powerless. I was, I was stuck in addiction You know, I used to take drugs um, to help me with the pain in my spine. And I just, just crazy life for 15 years after that accident. Drugs, alcohol, looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for purpose, looking, looking for fulfillment, looking for why am I here, looking for the truth. I couldn't find it. I couldn't grasp it until I heard the gospel that Jesus had a plan for my life and that if I would just allow him to come into my heart and I would just believe that he died on the cross for me, then I could have eternal life and salvation. That was too good to be true. I was like, what do you mean? The preacher said, just believe. I was like, I can do that. I've done my homework. I've for a whole year said, I believe, I believe, I believe. I've been out there doing the work. Do you know what the work of God is? To believe. And I was like, I know it takes faith, 
to believe that God's real when you can't see him, you can't physically touch him. But it says that that's that's God's way is that if we can trust and believe that he's real, then he'll come into our life. But we have to believe first. It's like diving. You have to see it first and then your body follows. It's the same thing spiritually. If you believe first with your heart, then you'll discover God. But people say, but I, I, God proved that you're real. He said, I've already proven that I'm real. I sent Jesus to the cross as a demonstration of my love. And so all we need to do is believe. And so I was sitting in this church service and they said, does anybody want to receive salvation? All you have to do is believe. And they asked me to just raise my hand. And I, I remember when I raised my hand to say, yes, that's me, God. Like, like Andrew was saying, you know, his yes. He said yes, and it was powerful. But I just said yes that day. And I felt this liquid love just like he did. Liquid love come into my heart. And all of a sudden, I felt known and seen. Now, that was good and bad. Because I'm like... God, if you're real, you've seen everything. <laughs> Uh-oh. I felt seen, known, and accepted as I was. Mess and all. Addiction and all. And as I received salvation that day on the 29th of May, 1995, I said, thank you, Jesus, and let him come into my heart. And Psalm 139, I found out this, I found this scripture later. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before you have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And I'll tell you, church, what happened was I found out that not only Jesus, Jesus was a saviour, but he was a healer. And I saw in the scriptures that Jesus healed people. And I was like, I'm having that. And I got the scripture and the word of God that Jesus healed. And I ran to the pastors and I said, you're going to pray for me. I've got this chronic pain. I've had it for 15 years. My spine's crooked. I'm in pain every day. I'm going to get healed. And I believe. And so you got to pray for me. Put your hand on me. Do it to me. Do it to me. Do it to me. Do whatever you got to do, but just do it to me. Right? Upsize me. I'll take it all. I'll have everything. Just childlike faith went like a magnet to God's power. And God's, you know, when you just believe, God's power just comes like a magnet. Anyway, this power of God hit my life. I was sitting there in this chair and I felt the presence of God like, like when you run your hand underwater and there's that, there's that resistance in the water that the, the air turned like that around me in the room. And the two pastors started laughing in joy. I was laughing with joy. It was like anesthetic. And this power came into my, I was like, I'm burning up with heat. And then what happened? was for the next two hours, God completely reconstructed my spine, my neck, my hips. I felt my bones move on the inside of me. And you can praise God anytime you want. I mean, you can just shake it off now. I mean, it was amazing. 
I just sat there and I didn't want to move. I didn't want it to stop. I was like, God, just do it, do it, do it, everything. I don't, I, and, and, and I'm standing here today, a walking, talking testimony of the power of God. That's resurrection power that can move bones. If you've got cancer, God's got resurrection radiation. Radiation from heaven that no doctor's got. I've saw my best friend get powerfully healed from cancer. Breast cancer, then she got brain cancer. She's been completely healed with resurrection radiation. I was completely healed, restored. I was crooked in so many ways. Stop it. I was crooked and now I'm straight. Well, not all altogether straight, but I'm on my way. There was an encounter with the King of Kings. I'm so grateful that Jesus went to the cross so that nothing's impossible. Do you know, church, I was... On Friday, I had coffee with a good friend of mine, Vicky Simpson. Some of you will know her, amazing, right? She's moving from Sydney to Perth. And we were out there with a whole bunch of um, women um, having lunch and saying goodbye to her. And um, then after lunch, a few of us stayed back and had coffee. And um, just to get more time with Vicky. And on the way out, then I had to go, had to go and do a job. And I said goodbye. And on my way out, I decided to pay for all the coffees just to bless them. And I was like, paid for the coffees. And then I walked up the street to my car and I had to walk past this park where I used to go to when I was a single mum because what happened just quickly was I followed God with my whole heart after that miracle. But six years later, I, I met this guy and... I really felt that it wasn't God's best that I marry him. But I disobeyed God and I married him anyway. And I went my own way and rebelled against God, what he said to me. And I ended up in a very abusive, addictive relationship that nearly killed me, like literally nearly killed me. And I had to escape this horrible marriage and I had a one-year-old and I was six months pregnant when I had to leave. And I went out holding God's hand and trusting Him that He would rescue me and protect me. And I used to go to that park at DY Beach and sit there broken-hearted that I had stuffed it up, that I had a miracle that I had the call of God on me, that I was going to be a mighty preacher one day, but that I'd gone my own way. I got impatient, married the wrong guy, ended up in this abusive situation, and I'd sit in that park, brokenhearted, crying to God, saying, you could never use me again. I'm so sorry that I stuffed it up, but if you could rescue me out of this, and let me just say that He did rescue me and I raised those boys all by myself with the help of the Lord. I got out of that marriage and and God was my husband 
He was my provider. And there were days where I couldn't put food on the table and then some person would just arrive with food. And there were many, 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 many days where I couldn't buy a cup of coffee for myself, let alone a milkshake for my sons. And I would watch all those women that I had lunch with because I work at a gym, they go for their gym workout and they all have coffee and talking and had money and blessing and all over their lives. And I'd be this struggling single mum, just like, I've stuffed it up, Lord. And um, to like walk out of that cafe and pay for their coffees was like awesome. I got this. And that's restoration. And that's God's abundance. And that's resurrection power at play over 20 years. And there's 20 years. My, my sons are 19 and 20 now. And as I walked past that park and I remembered me crying on those swings to, to the Lord, I was so grateful. I was so grateful for every meal He provided. I was so grateful for that He was with me every day. I was so grateful for every year. You know, when my kids were little, I was preaching all around Australia and like had a nanny to look after them. Like I never gave up on the call of God, but I was broken and God still used me. And I just got healed along the way. And so I'm talking to you here today that nothing's impossible and God can turn everything out for your good. And even when you've made mistakes and stuffed it up and gone your own way and haven't surrendered to what the Lord wants for your life, I'm a walking, talking testimony to you to say, Lord, nothing is impossible. Amen. And I got in the car after that park episode and I said, Lord, I'm so grateful. Can you read my heart? Because there was no words that could show him how grateful I was. And I said, Lord, read Read my heart. Read the gratitude on it. I love you. Thank you for providing for me. Thank you for restoring me. Thank you for healing. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for your deliverance. Thank you for your power. Are you thankful here today? Thankful. I'm so thankful. And I believe he did read my heart. And you know, Romans 10, 9 says, that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you know, I'm speaking to hearts here today. Maybe you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your life. You've never said, okay, Lord, come into my heart. Maybe religion's been like, oh, you know, I've heard about religion. I've heard about God, Jesus, all that stuff, but I've never had an encounter. I've never felt that liquid love. I've never encountered that salvation that Nicola talks about. Maybe you're here today. I want more than anything I want for you this Christmas is to receive the gift of salvation. It's a free gift. All you have to do is believe. And so I'm putting the call out, the invitation to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
And what we do at this church is that we all pray together. It's not about embarrassing you or anything like that, but more than anything, how would we, somebody like me, knowing the gift of God, knowing that God could move your bones, uh, heal your cancer, uh, come through financially for you. If I've got the good news, how can I not share it with you? How can I not say, hey, there is a free gift here for you? How can I? I can't. So I'm sorry if I'm prodding you, but I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I used to be. So if you're here today, we're going to pray this prayer all together. It's a prayer of salvation. You're going to let the King, the King of glory come into your heart. And you can say this with every eye closed. Let's just pray this prayer together. This is spiritual business right now. This is your ticket into the best party in the universe. This is eternal life. This is where saved by grace through faith. This is this faith. All you need to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So we're going to pray a general prayer right now, every person in this room. And if you're saying that for the first time, and you're like, make you're going to have an encounter with Jesus now for the first time. I want to meet you after the service. I'm going to hang here. Come and tell me. I just did that for the first time. Or if you're coming back today and you're saying, you know what? It's time I come back to my faith. I'm coming back to my first love. I want to meet you here today. Come and meet me. If you need supernatural healing in your body, I'm going to be here. I'm going to pray for you, believing that He can do a miracle in your body too. So why don't we pray this all together. Say these words after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you're the King of glory. I believe you died for me. I believe you died for my sin, my mistakes, my stuff-ups. Forgive me. Wash me clean. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. I receive you as Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c 3 churchwatson.com.au Thank you.